Well, welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. Well, welcome to week two, as Anthony said, to our relationship series. If you're a first-time guest today, this is something we've done now for over 10 years as a church because we really believe that empowering healthy families empowers our society and our culture as we build households of faith. And so, you know, Jesus, he left us his greatest commandments was love God and love people. And those two commandments really are about relationship with God and relationship with people. And so every year, We take about four to five weeks during this time of year so that we can pour into our church so that they can, as parents, as husband and wife, as even students, co-workers, we're all in relationship with someone. And we just want to come alongside of you to help you thrive in those relationships. And so last week, we talked about humility and how important it is to be a person that values, not just values, but walks in the path of humility. And one of the things that we said is that humility Uh, that that indicates whether you are walking in humility is how you listen. Do you listen well? We're not asking if you're hearing. We're asking if you're listening well. And then we just quickly talked a little bit about how you can listen well. We mentioned four points. You listen generously, listen with empathy. That means you listen to understand, not just to reply. And we also talked about listening calmly, right? Sometimes when in the heat of an argument, it's very hard to listen calmly, but it's important to get yourself into a place where you can listen calmly and then listen humbly. But today we want to talk about honor and we titled today's message, bringing honor back. I forgot who the singer was that Justin Timberlake Timberlake was like, you know, we're bringing sexy back. We're bringing honor back. You know, (laughs) we're bringing honor back. (laughs) And I think today in our society, honor is a virtue that is not very evidently seen. You see it in how people treat our police officers. You see it how people treat teachers. You see how uh, uh, children treat their parents. Um, Honor is a lost virtue and it's time that we really bring honor back in Jesus' name. And so that's what today will be about. So good. You know, um, last Sunday night was the Oscars and how many of you would have seen that? Yeah, I didn't either. And... But you know that it was on and so forth, and you know that that night is a night where they take time to honor someone who's hardworking in acting, producing, editing, all those kinds of things. And obviously that is a highlight, obviously, of their whole career to actually receive one of those awards, or at least even be in the running to one of those awards. And I want to put that to you for a moment. You see, what they do is in one night, they honor someone who's worked hard in their career. And they honor them, but how many know that, that that didn't just happen? You don't accidentally get an Oscar. Yeah. You don't as- accidentally get a gold medal. Yeah. You don't accidentally win a NBA championship. And if you take a moment to make sure that honor sits in your heart, one day someone's going to speak about your life yeah. at your funeral. Yeah. One day someone's going to speak, perhaps if you have kids, maybe 
they're going to say something about mum and dad. And I have thought about that a lot over the years. Like, what would I want my kids to say about me at their own wedding? Like, what kind of dad do, do they describe me as? Not just some token or dad, thanks for being there. You're a good guy. But actually on the inside, there was all kinds of issues and so forth. Like, what would my wife say about me after 20 years of marriage and 30 years of marriage? And that doesn't accidentally happen. What actually happens is the person who gets honored in one of those moments. Now, how many of you would love to have someone at least speak well of you one time in your life? Right? So... More than one time. I More hope. than one time, but hopefully. <laughs> but at the end of your life and really value you and honor you, it actually means you became, here's this now, you became an honorable person. You can actually summarize the Ten Commandments in love God or love people. You can, honor, you can summarize the Ten Commandments in honor God, the first four commandments. The next six commandments is actually honor people. God is a God of honor. And even the first murder of the Bible, Genesis chapter 4, was all about dishonor. God is a God who wants to teach you and me honor. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Um, how we know, again, it doesn't just happen. So I want to give you a very clear picture of your life that one day someone's going to speak about you in a certain way. And, and for you and I to have godly vision about our lives is actually to think about what would I love someone to say about me? And then reverse engineer your life backwards to actually say, if I really want that, then I have to value becoming an honorable person. Does that make sense? It's really good. And we kind of were thinking about last week's message, right, on humility and how kind of humility comes into honor because we said honor is the reward of the humble. And so we were like, you know, humility is more of like a posture, right, yeah. of our heart and mind. It's, it's a posture that we carry, that we are, that we walk in. Yeah. And we would say honor is something we give and receive. But the question is, why do so many people have a hard time being honorable or giving honor, especially when it comes to someone they've been together with for many years. Why is it that through the years, honor starts to dwindle? And we came up with a couple of thoughts. Obviously, if you have pride, it's very hard to give honor. If you have unforgiveness, it's hard to give honor. If you lack intentionality with honor, it's very hard. Jealousy and envy, disappointment. And and here's the thing. Uh, Let me say this about pride. Pride wants honor. Yep. But pride actually doesn't get honor. Yeah. Pride gets honor um, on a short-term perspective, but it doesn't because it actually makes you do things that are dishonorable over time. So humility truly is the pathway. Actually, even honor. this morning, I forget, it's in Proverbs, but I forget the address in the Bible. It's Proverbs something. It says, pride leads to humiliation. That's right. And humility leads to being exalted. And so I think that's very, very good. But cultural upbringing, when no one modeled the way to show honor, that's also another way that people um, haven't learned to honor. But in marriage and in relationships, honor can dwindle down. At first, it's new and exciting. At first, it's like, I'll do anything for you, boo-boo, you know? And then why is it (laughs) a few years later, it's like, boo-boo, get it yourself, right? Like, (laughs) leave me alone, right? And so obviously what happens is over-familiar familiarity, right? uh, There's a quote that says, familiarity breeds contempt, but we need to be careful and put boundaries 
when it comes to honor in our relationships because the last person we should have contempt or disgust, that's another word for contempt with, is our spouse, the people yeah. that we're in relationship with, right? Disappointments over time lead to dishonor. Yeah. Betrayal leads to dishonor. Yeah. You know, men, you want, men and women, we want honor, so yeah. then we need to do honorable things, right? Yeah. Um, promises that you're gonna change, but you never change can lead to dishonor. Yeah. Lack of intentionality and sometimes a simple fact adding kids right and now you sleep less now there's more stress less time together yeah. and before you know it instead of honoring each other you're exploding with each other right and so all of these things can lead to a relationship that has slipped into a marital coma it's still there but it's barely alive and yeah. so some level of respect is there it lacks affection though and admiration all the things that you need to give honor and before you know it your spouse becomes a roommate the person that you split household chores with. Well, you do this, I do this, but there's no affection. Yeah. There's no admiration. There's no yeah. cultivating love and respect. Yeah. And so if you want your relationship to be blessed and to flourish and thrive, you have to um, really walk in that humble spirit that leads to being honorable. And so why is this message so important? You know, 2 Samuel chapter 6 says this, but as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, Michal. 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 I don't know. My accent doesn't seem to work Michal. with that one. Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. She was filled with contempt for him. It was a massive moment in the nation of Israel. The Ark of the Covenant, which is the symbol of the presence of God, was coming back. David is pumped. He is excited. He's literally worshipping. His robe comes off. He's kind of got some kind of tidy whities going on. And she is literally like, you are embarrassing me in front of a bunch of other people. Uh, and, and she goes on to say this in verse 20. When David returned home to bless his own family... Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said and discussed how distinguished the king of Israel looked today. Jokes. Shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. And then the Bible actually goes on to say that from that day on, she was barren for the rest of her life. Does God think honor's a big deal? Yeah. yeah, he does. And I would say this, that I believe that when you dishonor in your home time and time again and actually cultivate a culture of dishonor, what actually happens is your, the relationship becomes barren. Yeah. She could not have kids and there was this dishonor that was sowed into their relationship. But when you and I bring honor back to it, Again, sometimes someone doesn't have to be honorable for you to bring honor back to them. Yeah. You bring it back to yeah. them because they actually are worth something. And, and uh, I believe this, and I heard someone say this uh, many years ago, that we actually have to give someone a great reputation to live up to. Because you know when you're first oh, dating, you obviously think they're great. You're dating them or you first get married like, oh, you're amazing, you're amazing. Do you know we have to keep giving our partners yeah. great reputations to live yeah, up to? It's really good. Yeah. We kind of thought about this quote. We put this together and you can make your relationships barren if the theme that spills out of your lips is constant criticism, which is dishonor. Criticism will destroy the good fruits of a relationship. So how do we honor? You know, last week we talked about placing value on the other person. And so this week we're going to say it's not just placing value or seeing value. It's verbalizing it. It's celebrating it and yeah. it's cherishing it. Honor is action oriented. And, and when they're not around, it's actively focusing on the good parts about them. So you can practice the crucial art 
of gratitude and admiration that is needed in healthy, God-honoring relationships. And I want you to hear this. Unhappily married couples are so used to tuning into the mistakes of their partner that they miss half of their partner's positive actions. Hear that again. Unhappily married couples or kids to their parents, parents to their kids, co-workers, whatever, are so used to tuning into the person they're in relationship with, their mistakes, that they miss half of their partner's positive actions. So we want to talk about this, really three distinct things that you do to honor because it is action orientated. Obviously, we honor in speech. Actually, what you even say about one another, not even what Miriam and I say to each other, but even what we say about other people or about her in front of other people. Remember when we were dating? It was, I do. There was, uh, yeah, it's been a while now. And, uh, but I remember a couple of different moments where I felt like Australian culture, and I'm sure your culture's the same, that there was kind of a bit of a put-down culture sometimes. At so certain times, you get around certain people, and for some reason, you do this little dig, and kind of you did the same to me. Yeah, and then you, you even you... asked me one time, yeah. well, actually tell that story. Well, I asked you. So I had a, you know, like Jersey girl born in Newark, you know, have a little attitude, Portuguese, you know. <laughs> and so we were driving on a date Friday night to Sheets. It's a gas station with good coffee. Well, $1 coffee. It's the 7-Eleven of yeah, Virginia. I used to think those creamers were awesome. <laughs> yes. And now we're like, what now is this? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was just digging at him. I was just like making fun of him for something. And he pulls the car over and he's like, do you even like me? And I was like, you're so sensitive, you know? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, and he put me in my place. And I was like, wow, I guess that makes sense. If you like someone, if you love someone, you speak the best about someone. And I think in a culture of insults and sarcasm and cynicism, we think that we should celebrate that. It's funny. Oh, wow, you have such a quick mouth. Like, you know how to go back with comebacks. And I used to always say that I would want to be a person that knew how to do good comebacks. I'm that person two years later who thought of what I should said back. You know, like, you know, a good comeback. I'm like, two years later, I'm like, that's what I should have said to so-and-so, you know? And Anthony said, why would you want to wish to be quick at insult? Why would you want to wish to be quick at sarcasm and cynicism? Yeah. It's not something to look forward to or to yes. want to acquire. And I was like, oh, wow. So being a person of honor is actually in how you speak of one another, of your yeah. friends, of leadership, of your marriage. And so yeah. that was important. Yeah, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 28 says this, her children arise and they actually call her blessed speaking of the Proverbs 31 woman the mother her husband also and he praises her he literally leads the way and cultivates a culture of honor within the family he says this many women do noble things but you surpass them all in other words he say you're the you're the most beautiful you're the smartest you're the best babe I think you should say that one to me every morning <laughs> A good one. All right, I'm gonna find my own scripture and give the other one to you, and we can go back and forth. It'll be a good time. We honor in speech. Proverbs yeah. chapter 18, verse 20 says, From the fruit of their mouth, a, st a person's stomach is filled, and with the harvest, someone say harvest. Harvest. It is the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. And so I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, and then eventually I reap the harvest. And then I speak again and speak again, and, and then I reap what the harvest of it. Yeah. So hear me now. You cannot have a greater relationship than your speech. Yeah. It's, I, it's, it's so simple, but yeah. it's so true, and it's so powerful. Mm. It, you can't have a better relationship than your speech. And you basically harvest what you sow. Yeah. If you sow bad things, you're going to reap bad things. Your harvest will be bad. So it depends on the harvest that you want. Yeah. So it's really up to you, right? So... 
We honor indeed. We honor indeed. This means honoring one another is starting the day well. I'm a big believer in this. If you've done Transform Women, Transform Men, you know we talk about the Transform Morning. I think, and I'm, I'm, absolute, I'm, I'm more and more convinced of this as time is going on, to be really honest. As you start your day positive, even if the night went bad, even if it didn't go, go all wrong, you start the day positive so that it resets the day. Yeah. How many know it's not going to go perfect every single time? Yeah. Right? It's not just going to go like smooth all the time. It's yeah. a fact of life. Trouble happens, life happens. But if I'll start the day with a positive spirit, if we'll sow intentionality into our morning, then guess what? That morning becomes the environment in which I sit. And then you and I can can kind of flow out of that. And even if things go bad again, again, you start the day positive again. You forgive and you move on and you give honor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honoring one another is a nice text in the middle of work. I mean, like those occasionally. Yeah. Boo-boo. <laughs> Love you. I, I'm, a, I'm a GIF person. I send GIFs. I'll send he you does. 100 GIFs. And if, you have, if he has a number, he's going to like completely fill up your storage. Yeah, come on. Because he'll send you 100 GIFs in one afternoon. <laughs> But it's really cute. You're so cute. Okay. <laughs> um, honoring one another is celebrating their gifts. Yes. Trust me, your partner is gifted in something. Yeah. Right? They might have three gifts, four gifts, five gifts. They have gifts that they are good at. And as yeah. you celebrate them, I honestly believe that my wife is an amazing communicator. She naturally is an amazing communicator. But I found that often it's insecurity and fear that gets surrounded by things. And guess what? Encouragement brings out the gift. And I found I've had to continue to encourage her and say, listen, I think you have a gift of communicating. And then actually what that does is unravel almost the fear, the negativity. Oh, what will other people think? No, there's a gift in there that needs to come out, right? And it's our job to bring out those gifts. And we're going to do that with our kids. And, and that's absolutely critical. Um, honoring one another is, is giving them their time if they need it. How many need a little alone time every once in a while? Just like, I just need some space. I just need to just... You know, give them their, their alone time. And I'll, I'll even stop on this one for a second. And it might sound insignificant, but it's really important if you're married in here. One of the things I love that Anthony empowers me to do, and he would never keep me from doing, he loves when I hang out with my girlfriends. Like if I need a girl's night out, he trusts me. I, you know, we have an honorable, trustworthy relationship. I'm going to go out to dinner, have some friend, you know, some friend time. I come back more energized. I'm excited and so forth. And, and I love when he gets to hang out with his mates and get some steak, you know? And so <laughs> I think it cultivates, you don't want a marriage where your spouse is feeling lonely because yes. you actually do need friendship yeah. as well. And so yeah. I love that. <clears throat> and it's, I think that I uh, to be honest, if there's so much focus solely on the relationship and there's not enough on healthy groups around you, it actually puts too much pressure on the marriage, Yeah. to be really honest. Because Miriam and I can't fulfill all of our own needs. Like, she needs some friends. I need some friends. We need good yeah. hangout God. time. Yeah. And that actually, healthy community, that's why we do, we do church on Sundays. We do transform groups in yeah. our church. We want to cultivate healthy, healthy uh, community. There's one yeah. other thing I need to say. Honoring one another is having sex even if the other one isn't up for it. Yeah. <laughs> amen, amen. I'm preaching better than you shouting, but whatever. I'm like scanning the room. It's mostly guys clapping right now. That's <laughs> like, yeah. That's like, oh, yeah. 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 Right now, it's great. Wow. Got you, right. <laughs> Matthew 13, 57 through 58. It's interesting what happens in this scripture. You know, um, Jesus was unable to do many miracles in Nazareth because the people failed to honor Jesus. Yeah. 
And so that shows you how important honor is, right? And so we honor in thought. So we honor in speech, we honor in deed, which is an action, right? And we honor in thought. It's important that our honor is not just external. You can say you honor someone, but your actions speak louder than words, right? right. And also, you know, no one will know if you're honorable other than you, because you know what you actually think. Yeah. You could say, I honor you, but inside you're saying all these four little words that you're not supposed to say, and so forth, and, and that is not honor. You're not being honorable. You may seem honorable, but are you actually honorable by how you're thinking of that person? Dr. John Gottman said this in his book, Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. He says, practice the habit of cherishing. Cherishing is a habit of mind in which when you are separated during the course of the day, you maximize, th sorry, you maximize thoughts of your spouse's positive qualities and you minimize thoughts of negative ones. Many couples do not realize they're neglecting to cherish each other. He also says, get in the habit of scanning for qualities and actions that you appreciate. We're so used to scanning for things they don't do right. We're always looking for things. We're always pointing out the things. Oh, you didn't do this for me. You didn't do that. You left that there, blah, 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 blah. And we're constantly what you didn't do instead of scanning for qualities of which they did do and yeah. celebrating and verbalizing and cherishing yeah. those. Yeah. I would say this when it comes to men, if they're doing like 80, 90% of it good, but you're always talking about the 10%, it will so discourage him from yeah. doing the 80 or 90. Yeah. It really will. Yeah. Years ago. Years ago. Yeah. What? Story. Which one? <laughs> That's you. Okay. Well, he was mentioning earlier about cultivating a healthy, positive morning. And you uh, kind of threw me off because there was something we were supposed to say before that. But all right, we're going to go with it. <laughs> I like to view my notes as a suggestion. <laughs> and my wife is just there at the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I just like order and decency, all right? So, you know, sue me. No, just kidding. Uh, but yeah, he was mentioning before about cultivating a positive morning. And this is something actually that wasn't always easy for me. And it's something yeah. that Anthony, through the years, had to be like, babe, start the morning off positive because I would wake up now... Some women may relate to me on this. I'm type A. I already wake up with my 50 things of things I have to do, right? I already wake up and I cleaned the night before. So I wake up, I expect to see the house looking spotless in the morning. So when it's not, I'm like, that's done like that. That's not like that. And I come down the stairs already talking about what's not done, already what I have to do. I already started the morning stressed. And this was yeah. years ago. Yeah. He's like, babe, instead of like, honey, do this, honey, do that. You know, those honey do lists, you know, he's like, how about good morning, babe? I love you, babe. And I was like, what? There are things to do. You know, I love you. You know what I mean? Exactly. But actually, <laughs> there's things to love your husband. <laughs> but all right. But actually, it did take a few conversations for me to realize I wasn't actually cultivating an atmosphere, right, of, of just peace in the home. It was a stressful atmosphere for me. And he's like, I don't want you putting your stress on me. I'm like, well, you're, then don't stress me out with your mess. You know what I mean? And so, and that's how I felt. But I realized that if I actually started the morning healthy, starting the morning with worship, starting the morning with praise, and actually celebrating my family first thing, instead of not, instead of seeing what's not done, appreciate the fact, oh, he made the coffee. That's why there's so many grinds in the sink, you know? But we'll see the grinds in the sink instead of the coffee, the hot coffee being made. But isn't that true? We so quickly scan the things that are not good, but we forget 
the, the, the good. And so through the years, it's something I had to learn and I had to change because he was actually pretty good at that. He's, a, he's been doing great with his mornings for years since we've been married. And it's something like a few years ago, I had to like get on that positive train. You know what I'm saying? In the morning. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we do. Uh, we show honor in the little things. Yes. Though. Honor is in the little things. Sometimes you might come to a relationship series. Like, Man, show me how to slam dunk relationship. Show me how to backward dunk. No, take a lesson from Kobe Bryant for a moment. That guy was just diligent, working on the little things, on the fundamentals. And I actually think like, thank you and, and please and your morning and all that kind of stuff. To me, they would be the fundamentals actually of a marriage. And as you continue to work on the fundamentals, eventually you can have this amazing, amazing relationship. But if your fundamentals are weak... You can go on a vacation, it's all inclusive, and you come on back and the fundamentals are weak. So if you're going to build a great marriage, you need strong fundamentals. Yeah, you need to practice dribbling, you need to practice shooting, you need to practice layups time and time again. Yeah. Defense, offense, right? Those are the fundamentals of basketball, but I believe they're the fundamentals of marriage is, is honoring one another time and time again. And then when you don't, and how many know that none of you are Superman? You just crushed some girls' dreams right now. <laughs> they thought they're dating Superman. Maybe, um, but all of us make mistakes. All yeah. of us, all That's right. no, none of us are honourable all the time. Say yeah. Amen. Amen. Some of you got quiet on that, and yeah. I just want to tell you, no. <laughs> um, thank you for making dinner. Yeah. Thanks for taking out the trash. Thanks for cooking after I cleaned, or vice versa. Thanks for taking care of the kids. Thank you for being a great mom. Thank you for being a great dad. Like those little things, over time, they add up. And you know one that I think sometimes we take for granted? Sometimes we forget to say thank you to our spouse because they came to church with you. Do you know how many people are praying for their spouse to be with them in church? Yeah, so true. And our spouse comes with us and we're just like, hurry up, get out through the door, blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. we don't realize yeah. how many people have been praying, fasting, yeah. whatever, for years yeah. to see their spouse right next to them in church. And yeah. we, we have the opportunity to sit next to our spouse. And if you're sitting next to your spouse, why don't you say, hey, thank you for coming with me to church today? You know, because sometimes we take that for granted. If you're sitting next to someone who's single, you never know. Pass them your number. Who knows? <laughs> you know, making weddings. We love weddings here at Church Alive, you know? You know, another one, too, and, and we were laughing about this one this morning. You know, we'll, we'll go to weddings and we'll go to parties, and you'll see, like, all the women on the dance floor and, uh, dance floor and just a few guys. All the guys are just sitting on their phones, like, playing video games. And, and like I said, like, growing up in a Portuguese culture, you see all the Portuguese ladies dancing their Portuguese songs and <laughs> together. And I'm like, where are their husbands? And, and so I go, I don't dance. Well, get up and dance with your wife, because when you were dating, you probably danced with her. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it's false advertisement. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's so true. It's False like, advertising. I'll dance with you all the days of my life until we get married and then you're done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so what you did in dating, continue in marriage yeah. so that it can flourish. Amen. And that is a massive theme of some of the disappointments that happen yes. in marriage. Because what you did to attract them, you got to keep on doing to keep the attraction yes. alive yeah. and well. And sometimes we could be tempted, like, hey, you know, she does the cooking, I take out the trash. And we kind of have this thing that's their job. And when they do it, you kind of like, well, I don't have to thank them because that's our agreement. You don't have to thank someone for doing their job. That's wrong. Yeah. Because thankfulness shows honor. The other day, I, I have a friend who comes two hours twice a week in the morning just to help me not lose my mind at home. <laughs> 
home. And so we pay her to come and help us and so forth. And, and I said to her, she was sweeping in the morning. And I said, thank you so much. She's like, why are you thanking me? You're paying me to do this. I was like, because thankfulness shows honor. And I'm, I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful you get, you come here and yeah. you chose to come here and do this for us, even though you get paid. It's a good thing to cultivate thankfulness. Very and good. so when we're grateful for the little things, it allows us to nurture, nurture gratefulness for what we have instead of resenting what is missing. Search, Search for, for things. things. <laughs> Come on, say it. let's say that together. Search, Search for, for things, things to, to celebrate, celebrate, not things to criticize. <laughs> oh, you did so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, you know what's funny about that? I, when we were writing this quote yesterday, um, I was literally just, I feel like I'm always saying what I do wrong. Why don't you say what you do wrong? I was, I've I was done like, that for 15 years. I was like, wait a second. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I keep like opening up to the church about all my imperfections. All right, I'm going to tell you one Welcome more. Welcome to the club. So <laughs> as we're writing this sermon, because I like structure and so forth, I like to write things a certain way and color code. And Anthony's more not like that. He's just like, here's one word. I know what I want to say with that. And that confuses the crap out of me. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about there. And so as, as I wrote that quote, right, search for things to celebrate, not things for, to criticize, I literally started criticizing how he was writing. And I was like, why does he, and he wasn't next to me. He was, I think he went out with Justin, our friend who's here uh, visiting us from Minnesota. And I was like, why is he so disorganized in how he writes? And I was like sitting there for a couple of seconds, like criticizing him. And I just finished writing, search for things to celebrate, Amen. not criticize. Amen. And I was like, whoa, Miriam, get it right. Get it together, you know? Yeah. Um, but I thought that was funny. And there you go. A little more about my imperfections. <laughs> <laughs> a great way to think about this when it comes to your family, when it comes to relationships, is every time you criticize your partner, the relational stock goes down. Every time you compliment and honor him or her, even the little things they do, you are adding value to the stock of your relationship. So if you look at the, a picture of a stock, how many want your stock to go up? Yeah. Right? And there will be dips along the journey. There will... <laughs> Sorry, I'm so used to her not being there. I'm just using my hand. I'm stiff arming her in the head, practicing my football moves. And um, but when it comes to your relationship, how many know that's a pretty good relationship? Why? Because after five years and ten years and fifteen years, it kept on going up. There will be dips in the road. No one does this whole relation relational thing perfect. But if you keep on honoring and you keep becoming honorable, and you keep asking forgiveness when you, when, when you need to and so forth, you actually become a person of honor, That's and then good. you continue to speak well of one another. And I even think over the last number of weeks, we've been doing even better with that on certain things in our own relationship. Because yeah. the funny thing is, as Miriam and I talk through, what should we talk about and all this kind of stuff, I'm used to writing sermons by myself. <laughs> and she's used to writing sermons by herself. So it's actually been this funky challenge of like trying to, she's trying to write the sermon, I'm trying to write the sermon we've had to communicate even more and then she's like why do you do it that way that's just the way I do it I write down one word two words three words because I know I'm going to tell a story about that and she writes every paragraph every word and I used to do that but I realized that I don't even say what I wrote anyway it's so true so I write some words and I write some stuff down and I look at it and then I'm gonna go oh, we're just gonna keep moving on all right yeah. so in word Indeed, in the little things and also through faithfulness. We honor through faithfulness. You show honor through trustworthy behavior, right? Would you like your spouse to do what you do at work when you're not looking, when someone's not watching? 
How do you, how, how are you friendly? Is your friendliness really flirtiness, right? Right? Faithfulness, having trustworthy behavior. Yeah. You have to, listen to me, man. You have to honor faithfulness yes. in your heart. Yes. It's not, it's not a, oh yeah, I, I honor it kind of. No, it actually, actually has to become mm. something you value in here. Cause, why? Because you want someone to say about you one day, man, they were so faithful. Yeah. Would you ever want someone to say, they were so unfaithful? Yeah. You just got dishonored. Mm. So you have to honor it here in your heart. Yeah, even, and I'll give like two weird practical things, but it's actually very interesting what's happening in society because of social media and text messaging. You know, if you're married, don't be texting another married person or of the opposite sex. Like, why are you sending direct messages and talking about how good that girl looks when you have your wife and she hasn't heard how good she's looked in a while from you? Absolutely. That means you're, listen, you're dishonoring yeah. faithfulness. You have to honor faithfulness. How about you tell her she looks good? The more you tell her she looks good, the more confidence and the more she's going to want to take care of herself. Yeah. And you keep putting her down, you're going to keep lowering her to the standard yeah. of your speech like we spoke about. Text messages, social media, put boundaries around that thing. Hebrews 13.4, give honor to marriage, remain faithful to one another. You hear a lot of this in culture. I saw a post about this the other day. Marriage is just a piece of paper, but so is money. And you value money. Yeah. In our singleness. Come on, next one. In our singleness. <laughs> That's worth a clap. I got together with uh, one of the guys from church. He wanted to work out with me and we worked out. And then, you know, he lived a very party life, lived a very kind of club-centered, used all the drugs, did all that kind of stuff, uh, life. And he said, you know, he's really following Jesus now. It's really awesome to see. Serves on Sundays. He's in one of our transformed groups. He's a great guy. Um, and he's like, you know, with my past, with my, you know, history, with my failures, how do I, how do I actually date someone in church he's like I'm afraid that if I date someone in church I'm going to hurt them and so forth and I just had to encourage him hey man if you'll set boundaries strong boundaries and let me say this really strong boundaries and you honour that person even if it doesn't work out they could actually walk away and say this person was an honourable person and so if you'll do that good things will happen in your life like I love to say to our transformed men listen would you, if you had a daughter, and here's where it changes the game, if you had a daughter, would you want the same character that you have to marry your daughter? And if you don't, then change, right? Change it, repent of it, bring it to God, bring it to someone else. Sunday's not enough, get in a transform group. Because here's, here's the truth of some of the best things I see in our, in our groups is that a guy will come into a two or a girl will come into our transform groups and their relationship will be a two out of ten and if you're a two out of ten in marriage you're six months to a year away from divorce or having an affair but they come in with a two out of ten and with just small amounts of honor and small amounts of intentionality before you know it, a couple of months later you're like oh my gosh i'm a seven out of ten now why because you just honored and you honored and you were intentional and you intentional and you changed your life so good and we have so many more things so we're going to try to quickly go through it because we want everyone to yeah. get this how do you restore honor once honors kind of dwindled down in your marriage you know fondness and admiration is the antidote of dishonor 
be fond of one another, think about the things that they do do, the value that they have, cherish them. And if you're struggling with honor, again, that's why we lean on God. The word father means strength of my house. We lean on him as yes. the strength of our house Good. and he gives us strength for our house. Yes. And so even if you're like, man, I can't even, I can't feel like I can honor the person, honor Christ. And out of honoring Christ, you'll actually find you'll be able to honor yeah. someone else Cause, too. Because that, well, that happens sometimes in marriage. You feel like you're the only one fighting for your marriage and we've heard that through the years we don't really do any more of the counseling in our church we we have other people that help us in that and through the years when we first did marriage counseling for different people in our church yeah. that was the thing well she's not fighting or he's not fighting so sometimes it's one-sided yeah. you need to bring, bring it to God you need to be in prayer God help me to stay honorable because we've learned that just because the person's not honorable doesn't mean you can't be an honorable person right. you're not honorable because they are yeah. you're honorable because that's who you are yeah yeah you know yeah. you know as we close today I, I just want to kind of summarize it when you value honor again this isn't a quick fix when you value honor what actually happens over the years is you become honorable so I've got to value it in my marriage I've got to value it in my heart as I honor God I find it easier to honor my wife and and I think that for all of us if you value honor value faithfulness man value faithfulness None of us wishes we had, uh, were part of a family where affairs were the normal and so forth. But if you don't honor faithfulness, that will be the normal. So I just want to encourage you, hey, how we speak to one another, of each other, how we treat one another, the little things, the little things over time make a massive, massive difference. And you end up building a house of honor. That should be the, our goal. We actually build a house of honor. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Let me read this again outdo one another in showing honor what would it look like this week for all of us to honor whoever we're in relationship with a mother and uh, a father a, um, a boyfriend a girlfriend just a friend what would it look like as a husband and wife to outdo like literally we just had valentine's day and hopefully hopefully it's not the only time you actually honor one another right what would it look like if we tried to outdo one another in honoring one another i'm excited for this week we like to compete, so that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, close your eyes. Father, I thank you for every person leaning in. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for their minds. I, I know, God, so often we haven't seen honor. We haven't had an example of honor in front of us. Actually, we've had dishonor all over the place. And so that's where we've gravitated to. So I pray for the life and health and strength of this church today. I pray, Lord God, that you would just breathe, Holy Spirit, a fresh strength, a fresh breath into people. Breathe on, Lord, your sons and daughters. Breathe on them something fresh. Breathe on them, God, where they feel like their faith is just dwindling and falling and, and they don't even know if they can live that type of life anymore. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would breathe on these moments right now, Holy Spirit. Give each one Give us strength, I pray, and put honor as a core value in our minds and in our hearts in the name of Jesus. With eyes closed, with heads bowed, if you're here, to, here to today and maybe you're here today and you grew up Christian, grew up Catholic, or maybe grew up non-religious whatsoever, 
But we sung an amazing song today. It says, come back to the Father. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. And you know that that's what Jesus is to us. He is the surgeon of our heart. He is the friend to our soul. And I want to invite you today, if you've never said yes to Jesus, or you have and you know without a shadow of a doubt, you've ran away, slipped away, fell away wherever you are. I want to invite you to come back and say, God, be my surgeon again. Be my friend again. I need a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. I ran to everything else and everyone else and I found that it left me empty. But today, many of you today want to come back to God. You've went prodigal on God. You ran away. I want to invite you back to His grace and to His mercy. Jesus doesn't just forgive your sin. He, he heals your soul. He heals you. So I invite you to the forgiveness and the healing of Jesus right now. Come on all across this place. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you. You honored humanity by dying for them. And I ask to receive your grace. Forgive me, cleanse me, be my savior, be my Lord, be my shepherd, heal my heart. Help me honor you for the rest of my days. Help me honor people for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. While eyes are closed all across this place, you have business with God today. I'm going to ask you on the count of three to raise your hand. One, two, three. Quickly raise your hand all across this place. All across this place. Thank you. Hands going up all across this place. Just saying yes to Christ. Yes to Jesus. Coming back to God the first time, second time, third time. Doesn't matter. Just raise your hand. Raise it up nice and high. As people responding to God. Man, it's so good to see so many people saying yes to the Lord in the house. You can put your hand down. Father, I just want to thank you for every life. Every life. Speak to them where they need it. Even if some would leave out the foyer into the parking lot, be speaking to them. Be, 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 be breaking off things that would hinder and hold back their life. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Come on, a church alive said. Come on, let's give the Lord.